it's Alicia with the School Improved Podcast, and we are back in action. I know it's been a long time, but who knew that motherhood um, keeps you on your toes and is going to keep you busy? So that's where I've been for the past many months, is just trying to find my new normal. Um, But we are back in action, getting some episodes out, and hope to have more this year than we did last year. So I'm excited. This month, we have Dr. Tara Todd with us from Union County Public Schools, and she is chatting with us about their comprehensive assessment system and their data dashboard. And so she really shares with us a lot of knowledge that she has as the MTSS leader in their district and the thing that she's learned along the way. And so I hope you enjoy um, this episode and learning about data and how to incorporate that into your own MTSS frame, framework. One note I do want to make about midway through, there's just a little bit um, where the interview cuts out, but hang tight because um, it doesn't last very long. So enjoy. Today, Tara Todd um, uh, out of Union County. So if you want to introduce yourself and kind of share what you do there, that would be great. So hi, my name is Tara Todd. I'm the MTSS Administrator in Union County Public Schools. And it is my full-time job. I'm very fortunate to have only MTSS as my full-time job. However, I do work with all our schools. We have 53 schools in Union County. All right, and so today, one of the things we're gonna focus on is your comprehensive balance assessment system. So that's something that you have done a lot of work around in Union County. And so we just wanted to get the details of what that looks like and how it works for you. And um, so we'll just start by um, really having you share what, when I say the term comprehensive assessment system, what does that mean to you? So when we think of our assessment system, it has a lot of different types of assessments because some should be, assessments should be for different purposes. You know, some assess how the kids are doing right then and there based on the things that you're teaching them in class. Some are more of a long-term approach, kind of the, you know, end of the year, how did we do as a whole? And so when we're looking at our assessment system, and of course, a lot of those things you can't choose. A lot of those assessments are handed to you from, the state level or even the federal level. Um, but, but we try to look at of the ones we can choose, how should we go about that and what might be lacking? You know, for instance, if, if there's an end of the year assessment already in place, then we're not gonna choose that. Um, we did not have at the beginning a universal screener, um, especially in the area of math. We had one for reading K3 because the state had one, but we did not have one across the county for math. And so we um, chose one. Another thing that we have looked at that seemed to be partly a gap was um, a way to benchmark kids as we go along. And so the state at a few years ago did not have options. Um, Now they do. And so, but what we've tried to do in the county is come up with a countywide benchmarking system based on the pacing guides that we've used in the different subject areas and we've utilized our instructional coaches to help um, plan those and align them with our pacing. And then we also try to align them with, how do I put this, the language of how it might look on the end of the year assessment, trying to think in the, in the lanes of, you know, 
depth of knowledge and um, things like that. Awesome. Um, and in thinking about building that system, it sounds like you've kind of built it over time. How did you develop that comprehensive assessment system? What did that look like? Um, you know, who, who came together to do that? How did you select the assessments that you used and, and things like that? I think I came in in the middle of it. Like I said, a lot of it's already in place, but we did sit down. And when I say we, it was, um, mostly our directors, you know, we have like a curriculum director and, and directors of different levels. They came together and basically charted out the names of everything we already do, the months that it happens, the grade level it happens for, and we just put it on this gigantic spreadsheet and then looked at, you know, what might be overlapping or what might be duplicated or what might be lacking, and then started conversations about how do we tweak and change the things that we do have control over. And some of those things that we've done, for instance, the um, benchmarking, especially this school year, now that the state has come out with their own benchmarking system, some of the things that the schools are able to either opt in or opt out, just to keep it a little more useful at the school level. Some things they have to do, but a lot of things are optional for them if there's another assessment that replaces that one. And I think so, it sounds very similar to something I did when I was working in a district was kind of laid everything out, like the types of assessments you wanted to have, formative, summative, diagnostic, and then kind of filled in what we had. Um, and I know for us going through that, like, like there was one glaring hole and, you know, in, well, there were a couple, not just one. Um, but one of them, like you've said, was screening and math. Um, another was like diagnostics across the board. Did you have like anything that was really glaring? Like, oh, we haven't, we have nothing for that kind of category of assessments. Yeah, our math universal in K-5 was glaring. Um, and so the team got together and looked at some different products and we picked one. And we're still struggling with diagnostics, especially at the secondary level. Um, we, we keep looking and searching and a, there's not a lot out there, and then B, what is out there either doesn't fit or the cost is not working for us. For, for whatever reason, diagnostics and secondary are really, really tough. Yeah, I agree. And thinking about like selecting, you know, like you had said for the your K5 math screener, you looked at several tools. Was there certain selection criteria that you guys had set up? Um, beforehand to, to kind of apply to those? Yeah, we wanted, we did that a few years ago. In fact, we just did it again to take a look to be sure that what we had chosen four or five years ago is still what we're interested in. Um, not that it wasn't working for us. We just felt like over time you need to, to reassess your own self. Um, so the team that got together most recently had similar criteria to four or five years ago when we chose it. But one of those was that we want an adaptive um, measurement that moves with the child. Another thing that we look for is that we want it to cover all domains in math. Um, and I mean, there were other criteria, but they were more. I'm sure like personally like want. Yeah. 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 The big two were the adaptive 
testing situation and then covering all domains because not all assessments cover all the math domains. Sure. Gotcha. And those that do sometimes lean more towards diagnostic. You know, we'd like a short test, but then sometimes it's not possible when you want it to cover all the domains either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things you shared with me um, as we were chatting before um, kind of this conversation was that you've developed what you call like a data dashboard. And so curious um, to hear more about that and what that looks like. So what schools have always done throughout time is we've got all these different assessments, we've got all these different data points, and when you want to look at them, you're, you're shifting between them. There's never been one place that kind of houses everything. And we looked into a data warehouse. We don't have a data warehouse in our county. Um, we looked at some vendors. Nobody really fit what we were looking for back, you know, four, four years ago when we started this process. And so we just kind of built these massive spreadsheets that take all the different assessments that the kids do and put it on one page for schools and school teams to look at. So for instance, we have attendance data, um, our elementaries are interested in tardies and early sign out, so that's on there too. We have behavior data like referrals, how many referrals a child might get to the office. Um, we have EOG scores, our benchmark scores, our universal screening scores for reading and math. We try to keep only reading and math data on the spreadsheet as well as attendance and behavior. But it's nice and then it's color coded based on set criteria. So for instance, um, EOG is really to understand because, you know, ones and twos are not good. So that's color coded red. Three is considered proficient. So we put it, actually we put it as yellow because it's kind of borderline. And then we put four and five as green. So we do that across the spreadsheet based on what is considered proficient or what might research say is a concern, like attendance, you know, if you're out 10% or more of days present, then that's a big red flag. And so we color code the sheets. And then the idea is the teams can make some decisions at the school-wide level, at the grade level, at the classroom level, at the individual child level to see what's going on. You know, if your whole sheet is red, then we look at core instruction. You know, if your whole sheet is green and only a couple kids are popping red, then you can go straight to individual problem solving. So it's taken some time to get teams to utilize them. I think at the beginning we were all afraid of um, spreadsheets and numbers and formulas, but one of the things that I, I'm a pretty firm believer in is that if, if we can do something at the county level for them, then we should. Like we shouldn't have to have them each doing the same thing over and over. So I and a good friend of mine that also um, works at the county level, he's my like formula master. We put together the sheets for them and we feed all the data into it for them so that they don't have to manipulate things. They just have to use it. How many times a year do you update the spreadsheet? I try to update it about once a month oh, wow. for the attendance and the discipline. But where is that that you sent to me? And I, I'm ready to use that now. And um, it was especially helpful at the end of the year this year. Well, and in other years too, but I've had more interest in it this year for transition, like fifth to sixth, 
and eighth to ninth. I'll take those sheets and just pull off that grade level of children and send it up to the next school. And then they have all the data that they're looking for to receive those kids and schedule those kids and, and learn about them. And that's been useful because it's already there. It's already existing. And so I think you've alluded to this a little bit, but I'm going to ask the question kind of explicitly of data is nice and, and, you know, being a data person myself, like, I think it's great and I get really excited about it. But if no one's applying it or using it, then it's it, it seems like there's little value to it. So how have you in Union County built capacity for folks to kind of understand how to consume the data to put it to use? So I have a contact at each school, call them my MTSS contact, and then we should have a team, an MTSS team at each school. Um, so one of the things I do when I build the database is I'll send it to that contact and all the admin at the school, just so they can see it first. And then the team's supposed to use it in their monthly meetings for decision making. Um, the other thing that helps it get used a little more is that we have removed a lot of the paperwork at the supplemental intervention level. And what I'm looking for, there's a tab on each of those sheets that has their intervention information. And so really, instead of filling in paperwork, what I want them to do on that tab is put the students' names who are receiving the supplemental intervention and put all of their progress monitoring data, which partly you know, brings them back to the sheet each time. Um, but it also is the house that doesn't exist anywhere else currently to have all that information. And I think what we've learned from that, it's been a struggle to get progress monitoring data at the supplemental level. Don't think I'm alone in that. Um, but we've learned that when we pulled the paperwork away, there wasn't, in some places, there wasn't a lot left. And so this forces them to see, oh, gee, you know, this kid is being serviced and here's their data, or I've got a kid's name on a list and I don't see any data. So then I, as a team, need to go check in on that. Yeah, and I think, I mean, aside from, you know, having having data for them to look at, I think that's just an example, because I hear that a lot, is paperwork can be, be a barrier. And so that's just a way of how you guys have problem solved, being able to remove that barrier and still get what you need in regards to who's receiving intervention and how are they progressing uh, while removing maybe a barrier that would have kept folks from doing that, period, so. Yeah, it's funny because it was almost the opposite of a barrier. Like I thought taking the paperwork away would make it easier and it almost made it harder. It was like we were so used to filling out pieces of paper. When I took it away, they didn't know what to do. I said, you do the intervention, like just keep doing what you should be doing all along. Um, one school even mentioned, I think it was like, came up from a teacher that the question came to me that said, um, well, I don't know what to talk to the parent about at the parent conference. So will you talk about the intervention, you know, what you're doing to help the kid? It doesn't matter that we don't have a little piece of paper to sign in front of us. Like it, it was, it was a little worrisome for a time when the papers disappeared, what was left. But I think it's been a good transition to go through. I mean, it, it was a barrier that there was a glaring hole 
that nothing was there in some places, not everywhere. I don't want to make it sound like nothing was happening because great things are happening in many, many places. But there were a few places where I think the paperwork was being used as the intervention. And, and, and people were, I don't want to say hiding behind a piece of paper, but when the piece of paper disappeared, we realized like, oh, all of, your, all, all of our intervention was, was written words on the piece of paper. So this helps. Um, we're, we're way past that now. I don't have a lot of people that struggle with that. We had PEPs in our county well long after the state did away with PEPs and we're beyond that too. So, you know, every semester, every year we step a little bit further um, and it's nice. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good example of being able to shift over time to say this is where we are, but now I think you've got that. So now we can move to the next level. Um, and I think that takes us to a really good um, point where I'm curious, you've been doing, you know, you've been in this data work for quite some time and working with schools and having them, you know, make database decisions. What do you know now that you would have liked to know when you first started? That we all have to have a student ID on every spreadsheet. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, the formula doesn't work without that. Um, it's tough because, you know, different people are ready at different times to receive information and just knowing it's hard to know who was ready to take on what piece. You know, we did things like go stand in this corner if you're a one, two, three, four, based on a, you know, how secure you are with working with data. Um, it, I think, I don't know, knowing the people more, knowing the schools more, knowing the teams more before expecting them to just jump right into something. Yeah, having, yeah, I think, you know, it takes me back to like when I first started as a coordinator and I was a younger coordinator and I didn't really know much about leading and, you know, I, was, I say and you do and that's, that's all there is to it, but there's so much more to leading and a lot of it is, like you said, around just building those relationships and getting to know teams because then I think then you can see where they are, understand their why or, you know, and be able to, to kind of tailor your approach to supporting them better when you, you kind of know each team and that just takes yeah. time. And we started with sort of a cohort approach. We were going to bring our different clusters in at different times just so we didn't have to do all 53 schools. But inevitably what happened after about a semester of that was we just needed to do all 53 schools because everybody needed something. You know, they weren't necessarily all in the same place, but I couldn't say, oh, no, you're not on cue till a year from now. I can't help you. You know, so I just started jumping in and working with people and meeting them where they're at. And and we've come to a good place where they know that I'll just meet you wherever you are and we'll just take the next step. And it doesn't matter to me if that means you're still, you know, four years prior when somebody else is, is ahead. I mean, there's no ahead and behind. You are where you are. And it's whatever you need. And so we're in a good place now. But yeah, when I look back, I think some of that data stuff might have been a little too heavy a lift for some of our people. And we didn't know each other well enough for them to say, hey, Tara, that's too heavy a lift for me. Now they can. Now they'll stop me and say, wait, whoa, you know, go back. Help me with that. 
Um, but back then we, we just weren't close enough. Yeah. Um, and I think too, it's hard. I don't, it sounds like you enjoy data like I do. And it's like, I get really excited about it and just, you know, like I would love to spend all of my time just looking at it and making sense of it. And not everyone is in that place too. <laughs> or like I, you know, I had to get past the, well, I said it once or I sent in an email, they should understand this tool or how to use it and, and really be able to kind of communicate in a variety of different ways and build relationships. Yes. And I've definitely learned that there's a lag time, you know, you send out information or you share information um, and there might be a deadline that goes along with that or not, but, but I've learned there's definitely a lag, you know, it's a good three or four weeks before things start coming back towards you where the questions start to happen. It, it takes people time to process things. It takes people time just to get to that information to even begin to digest it. And so it makes you have to think ahead, almost a month ahead. You know, if it's now X month of the year, what's happening one or two or three months from now, because I've got to start feeding them that information because by the time they're ready to digest it, it'll be that moment in time. And, and so that's just something you learn along the way. Perfect. Well, those are all my questions. Uh, do you want to open up? Is there's anything else that maybe my questions didn't touch on that you wanted to add to share to the, to the good of the MTSS community out there? Um, I want to give you space to be able to do that as well. I just, it's nice knowing that we're not alone. You know, as MTSS coordinators, sometimes you think, oh gosh, you know, I'm the only one doing this but you're not alone and we're really good at sharing with each other. So I would say to everybody, if you have questions, feel free to pick up the phone or email and just call, you know, the, the one next door to you in the next County or your coordinator or me, you know, whoever you feel comfortable just saying, Hey, I've got this question. And a lot of things have been, I want to say solve that way, but I know I've felt so much better when I can just troubleshoot with somebody who's in a similar situation or has gone through that before. So don't be shy. Don't think you're all alone. Um, things take time too. What, and, and what's the one thing we always say? You can't boil the ocean. <laughs> it's been a while since that one came to my head, but we're definitely trying to boil the ocean right now. Mm -hmm. And one little baby step at a time sometimes is what you have to just hang your hat on. Yep. I think those are great words to end on. Mm -hmm.